man who spends hours in hardware stores sitting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. I'm going to read you something and then ask you a question about it. Quizlake or just kind of cash? No, it's Quizlake. I was faxed by Dan. Maybe he doesn't want his last name used. Maybe he does. I don't know. Wilson. Whoops. No, he he faxed (laughs) faxed me the uh, program. I'm catching up on my mail. You know, I've been gone a few days. I know you have. Yeah. He faxed me the program for the National Education Association Human and Civil Rights Awards Mm. that were held July 1st at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Okay. The National Education Association. I'm going to read you the, I have the program, you know, Uh, in the main auditorium, Minneapolis Convention Center, Minneapolis. Uh, This is one that was just last week or a week and a half ago. mm -hmm. Uh, The welcome was uh, Darian Spann. Uh, remarks and introduction of NEA President John C. Stocks. Remark and introduction of MC Lillian Eskelson Garcia, NEA President. And then remarks by the MC Angela T. Rye. Uh, then you had the presentation of awards. Okay. The Cesar Chavez uh, Award uh, went to Rodney Ellis. I don't know who that is. Congrats. The Ellison S. Onizuka Memorial Award uh, went to George Sanchez. The H. Council Trenholm Memorial Award went to Dr. Cecil Canton. The Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. Award went to Dr. Lonnie Bunch. The Mary Hatwood Futrell Award went to former First Lady Michelle Obama. And then you had the Reg Weaver Human and Civil Rights Award, uh, the Rosa Parks Memorial Award. Was Michelle Obama in town? I don't know if she came to town for that mm-hmm. or not. Then you had uh, the Susan Big Crow Memorial Award went to Muslim Girls Making Change. The Virginia Uribe Award for Creative Leadership in Human Rights. Uh, The NEA President's Award went to Colin Kaepernick. All right. Okay. Closing remarks, Angela T. Rye. The entertainment was Chaka Khan. Oh. Mm -hmm. Chaka was in town then, huh? Mm -hmm. What, What was missing here? A teacher of the year. No. Um, Let me think. Where are you going? Now, it, it seems to me that this was so exclusively left-leaning that it, it can leave little doubt that yes. that education has fallen pretty much into the hands of Mysterians. In fairness, you know, for all I know, some of these award winners are rock-ribbed Republicans. I just think not. Uh, yeah, I, But they I'm, might be. No, they're not. But Angela T. Rye, the MC, for example, is her own biography describes her. She's a lawyer, mid-30s, uh, Washington, D.C. She's in her own biography, says it, liberal political commentator for CNN and National Public Radio. Uh-huh. All right. So I got to thinking, why wouldn't you have asked George, uh, George Will to speak? Good speaker, or, uh, smart guy. Ben Shapiro or Jordan Peterson. Yes. or why, why would this be so exclusively, well, I think we all know the answer, right. but why is this so exclusively the domain of the left? I mean, it's, it's the education of all of the nation's children. And again, in fairness, you know, I didn't look up every single winner. Uh, and there, there might be some... Strong conservative thinkers who won National Education Association awards, but when you 
see the name of the award, it's, you know, it's, it's unlikely uh, that a strong conservative is going to win the Cesar Chavez award uh, or the, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Award. I don't know why a conservative could not win that. The Rosa Parks the Rosa award. Parks Come on, award. I don't know why a conservative could not yeah. win that. Uh, the Suzanne Big Crow Memorial Award. It's unlikely. I mean, it went to Muslim girls making change. Uh, the in, in the very the NEA President's Award, which I would imagine is the most principal award of the evening, mm-hmm. goes to Colin Kaepernick slash Know Your Rights Camp. I don't know. Maybe maybe Colin Kaepernick yeah. has a Know Your Rights Camp. Oh, uh, fine. I'd rather go to a football camp. Biographical sketches of award winners at www.nea.org. Uh, and social justice lesson plans available at www.nea.org. And the the opening remarks and closing remarks were by Angela T. Rye, and, and she is uh, a self-described liberal political commentator. I just thought it was interesting to see. I love when what I think is corroborated. I love what yeah. I love when I when I sense something. To be true, and then I find it out to be actually true. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Kind of gives you a little more credibility. Who's on line one? Uh, Mr. Holcomb. Greg? Yes. Hi, Greg. Hey, Joe. Hi. I know what you were doing on your days off. What? The one thing left out at those awards was you down there handing out Garage Logic Medal of Freedom. <laughs> Wouldn't happen. that be fun to give all those people a Garage Logic Medal of Freedom? They cherish it. Oh, yeah. You're an award winner. I know it. We have to have those again for this year, Rook. We got to find our guy who made them. Right. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. That is the Garage Logic's official artist in Mm -hmm. residence, Greg Holcomb. I was alerted to this. uh, Who alerted it to me? I believe offsite correspondent or frequent emailer Kelsey. Okay. USA Today. A 12-page story. I think this is a new low, by the way. Mm. America's love of SUVs is killing pedestrians. Wow. I read all 12 pages. Looking for a fact. Right. Looking for a way that I could believe this. What did you find? I, I couldn't. I didn't. Is it, what is it? Um, it says because SUVs have big blunt front ends, they're more harmful when they hit a pedestrian. All vehicles, with the exception of two-wheeled vehicles, have blunt front ends. Right. The rising tide of pedestrian deaths is primarily an urban plague that kills minorities at a disproportionate rate. What? This is the low point in the demonization of, of internal combustion. It's the low point. SUVs are killing minorities. Yeah, and they're killing pedestrians. Well, the other thing that unfortunately is is resulting in the rising number of pedestrian deaths are the euphorians demanding that you, uh, that pedestrians should be able to just jump out into a crosswalk and walk across. They're not helping out their cause at all. Are they? It, it worked for a long time to stop and wait your turn. Stop looking, listen, uh, SUVs. And they go into all of these statistics, SUVs, t- uh, sales, uh, top sedans in 2014 pickups and SUVs now account for 60% of new vehicle sales. Uh, Ford uh, recently announced plans to discontinue U.S. sales of most passenger cars, while Fiat Chrysler has already done so. Uh, and then they then they find they found some academicians who uh, 
uh, pulled out some ass statistics. Well, they, well, here, I'll try to find it for you. Uh, data and safety experts verified that longstanding common factors in pedestrian deaths, such as alcohol and jaywalking at night, did not account for the growth in the death of pedestrians. Okay. It's, 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 it's uh, SUVs. It's yeah. SUVs. Uh, as early as 2001, researchers at Rowan University in New Jersey predicted a deadly trend that would reverse a historic drop in pedestrian fatalities, which are now the highest they have been since the George H.W. Bush pres- uh, presidency. Uh, in the U.S., passenger vehicles are shifting from a fleet populated primarily by cars to a fleet dominated by light trucks and vans, according to their research paper, referencing light trucks, which includes SUVs. Because light trucks are heavier, stiffer, and geometrically more blunt than passenger cars, they pose a dramatically different type of threat to pedestrians. And then you got a guy here, Hampton Clay Gabler, a professor in the Department of Biomedical Engineering and Mechanics at Virginia Tech, wrote that paper with Devon Leffler. Gabler's interest in the pedestrian issue came from research in other areas showing high death rates for those in cars struck by SUVs. Did it? Did Which it, also would make sense. Well, did it ever occur to. Uh, the reporters, Eric Lawrence, Nathan Bomey, and Christy Tanner, 12 pages. Uh, a new low in the, de- in the, in the uh, demonizing of the... They're, they're now killing people. <laughs> SUVs are hunting down they're minorities. They're hunting down pedestrians. They're mowing them down. Most, most often, apparently, minorities. Ah. Did it ever occur to these people, and it did not, that one reason that uh, people are gravitating more and more to SUVs is because of their safety? Better protected. Yeah. Their families are better protected. I mean, I've driven cars so small that a pedestrian could hurt me. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. small. I'm a yeah. big fan of small. So I, I'm bucking the trend. In the winter, I don't. No, you want something that's going to cut through the snow, which is where non-factor came from. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I... Again, I tried to find... Something that would make sense in this. Uh, What does this one say? Uh, A key factor consistently backed by data is growing involvement of higher profile blunt-nosed SUVs. That's a key factor that might or might not be a cause. Size and profile are not the only vehicle factors involved in the increased fatalities. A report by the Insurance Institute noted that the trend towards more powerful vehicles could contribute to higher speeds, which in turn could lead to more crashes and more severe injuries. Mm. This thing is just, uh, at 12 pages, it's uh, USA Today. If you want to read it, uh, you'd be wasting your time. <laughs> That's That was 20 minutes of my life reading this. I'll never get back. Not going to get that back. I'll never get but it back. But you learned something. Well, I learned they that no it's B as in B, S as in S. Right. Solidifies your uh, your suspend your hunt. The your bicyclist consist. who unfortunately lost his life in South Minneapolis uh, the other night. Uh, it was not reported that he was struck by an SUV. It, it might have been a very small car. Okay, you know, just a moment. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne. Stay tuned for more Oz oh, No. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Joe... No, one more time. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Joe... Thanks a lot, Alex. You know there's a new Ozzy show on? I did not know that. Ozzy and Jack do America. Oh, okay. So his son Jack, who's kind of cleaned up his act, 
Yeah. They're in an RV and they go visit different yeah. spots I, around I gave Ozzy a shot a few years ago. I, I don't need any more. Okay. Yeah. See, I got an email from um, GL's official geologist. Stace? Stacy. She said, did you catch this meteor last night? My husband and I both saw it while sitting on our deck. Bright daylight meteor over Iowa and Illinois. Well, of course, Stacy. Of course, I didn't. No, he was looking. You, you at should know that. I something else. Feel terrible. Damn it. Why didn't Stacy warn us before? Didn't did she not know about it? I don't it? think she knew about it. Well, you're guaranteed to miss any celestial event. Uh, again, from frequent emailer Kelsey, he notes that the Minneapolis City Council and international terrorists are getting closer in their thinking each day. Al-Qaeda-linked terrorist group Al-Shabaab has banned single-use plastic bags. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Al-Qaeda-backed terrorist group Al-Shabaab announced its new measure to ban the use of plastic bags. The East African terrorist group made the announcement on July 3rd, which is otherwise known as International Plastic Bag Free Day. Mohammed Abu Abdullah published the announcement on SomaliMimo.net, which is a pro-Shabaab website that is allegedly run by the terrorist group media department, according to the New York Times. Those who live in territories controlled by the violent group must obey the new single-use plastic bag ban. Or face death. These areas are, yeah, you know, unlike the, we're not quite there yet. Unlike, Unlike the Minneapolis City Council, uh, they'll just kill you. Right. This is this is a, their distinction is that uh, you you carry a plastic bag in our controlled area, you're dead. <laughs> you, you get one in Minneapolis, you're just frowned upon. Right. Yeah. You're you're scorned. Uh, those who live in territories controlled by the violent group must obey the new single-use plastic bag ban. These areas are mostly in Somalia, where the group operates. The irony was not lost on anyone, and the Internet had a field day mocking the group and calling it the first eco-friendly terrorist organization in the world. <laughs> That's incredible. Right. You know the incivility that is plaguing our country? Yes. It's, it's in London, too, the U.K. The Trumpster's going there later this week. Yeah. And apparently he's uh, the the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has given permission. Apparently he would have had to give the permission to activists for a giant Trump baby balloon to float over Parliament during the president's visit to the UK next week. Organizers initially faced resistance in getting the 20-foot inflatable off the ground, but thousands of people signed a petition and a crowdfunding campaign raised the 21 grand for the stunt. Wow. What's with the Brits in, in big balloons? I don't understand that. Pink Floyd used to fly the pig above mm-hmm. the stage. Right. When pigs fly? I don't know. Khan's office said in an official statement, the mayor supports the right to peaceful protest and understands that this can take many different forms. Uh, his city operations teams have met with the organizers and have given them permission to use Parliament Square Garden as a grounding point for the blimp. There are some rules, though. The balloon will be tethered to the ground at Parliament Square Gardens and restricted to flying no higher than 98 feet. Ah. Baby Trump will take flight from 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. on July 13, the same time a Stop Trump march is scheduled in central London. The event has been organized by a group that calls itself anti-fascist art activists. 
anti-fascist art activists. The group is working with Met Police and the Civil Aviation Authority to ensure the airspace is managed safely. And while the plans have been cleared, officials reserve the right to veto the event on its scheduled day, according to Sky News. We didn't get off to the best start with the mayor's office over this, who originally told us that they didn't recognize Trump baby as a legitimate protest. Activist Leo Murray told Sky News. But following a huge groundswell of public support for our plan, it looks like City Hall has rediscovered its sense of humor. Trump baby will fly. The Trump baby Twitter account tweeted the news on Thursday and took a shot at Khan. Huge news coming in. Donald J. Trump baby will fly. Sadiq Khan tried to play hardball. In the end, he had to make a deal. No surprise, he's never won anything in his life. Sad, but true. London, here I come, it stated. That was written as though it was being written by Trump. Right. Uh, so what's next? The the Trump baby blimp might be going on a world tour, organizers said. The group's goal is to have the balloon follow Trump around the globe. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. After a lot of discussion about what would be most in keeping with the spirit of why people have been donating to the project, uh, there. I, if you are unfortunate to live somewhere that is expecting a visit from little Donald, please get in touch with us at UK. At gmail.com. So, so here you got the president of the U.S. who uh, I can understand extremely well how he can be so found to be so irritating, but he is the president, right? Yep. Yeah. And so he's you have coming to, to your town, he, and, and uh, as a dignitary, you got to honor that. You know, whether you agree with him or not. So you're going to fly the big blimp, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. You know what? He'll wait till he gets a load of it. He'll just. He'll fall for it, and he'll start his Twitter war with it. <laughs> is John Haidt available? He is, but first, I'm going to tell you, we're going to be back in a few moments. But now, thanks to our good friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal in Your Money Now. Now, I'm going to assume that baby Trump is supposed to fly coinciding with President Trump's visit. There Would you that go. that be correct? That's it. The president should just, like, call four hours ahead of time and say, I can't make it till tomorrow. <laughs> and then they've already lost their permit. Yeah. You know, they just fly the thing for nothing. Yeah. Or get a guy with a BB gun, one or the other. Uh, Looking at a pretty good day in the stock market today, we're still seeing some momentum from Friday's jobs report. Investors seem to be concentrating on that. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is having its best day in weeks. The blue chip index is up 324 points. The Nasdaq Composite ahead 53. The S&P 500 is up 21. Business borrowing is picking up, a welcome relief for banks and a sign of strength for the economy. Second quarter data from the Fed indicates the year-over-year growth rate of business loans rose to 5.5% in late June from less than 1% near the end of last year. The rebound reflects increased confidence at companies, but the potential spoiler is trade tensions, which could make businesses more cautious. Fruit and fruit flavors are finding their way into several new products these days. Hormel is pairing peanut butter with fruit in its new Skippy PB Fruit Bites. The little snacks feature dried fruit coated with Skippy peanut butter. Varieties include strawberry flavored uh, and dried cranberries and dried grape. General Mills is fusing fruit flavors and spicy sensations in its new fruit gushers and fruit by the foot varieties. The sweet and su- the new sweet and fiery fruit gushers contain 90 calories per pouch, and they come in hot mango, fiery peach, and spicy watermelon flavor. 
I'm Bruce Vail with your money now on 1500 ESPN. All right, we'll take it. Uh, we can't. Commencing garage logic segment number eight. With John Height. Thanks, Joe. Sunny and 86 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Twins and Royals open up a three-game series tonight at Target Field. Newly named All-Star Jose Barrios goes for the Twins. Lefty Danny Duffy will pitch for Kansas City. Uh, one of the Twins note, the White Sox announced they've claimed outfielder Ryan Lamar off waivers from the Twins. Lamar designated for assignment by Minnesota last week when Jorge Polanco was reinstated from his suspension. White Sox already have two open spots on their 40-man, so a corresponding move isn't required. Uh, they did not announce Lamar would be heading to AAA, so it looks like he'll be joining the White Sox active roster. Brock Lesnar's coming back to the UFC next year and will fight for the heavyweight championship. UFC President Dana White confirming the long-anticipated return of Lesnar, a popular professional wrestler with WWE, who is a national champion for the Gophers here in traditional wrestling and a celebrated participant in the Vikings training camp in 2004. He remains WWE's Universal Champion, a title he secured last year. White speaking over the weekend after UFC 226 says he intends to match heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier against Lesnar early next year, probably in March. So he hasn't really, he hasn't been around, I haven't, but he hasn't retired. He's not coming out of retirement because no, he's guess the reigning not. champion. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's not reigning champion for UFC, though. Oh, he is for WWE. That's right, for WWE. Yeah. Got it. News notes from today. Police reports show officers in Coon Rapids responding to robberies at a pair of gas stations early Sunday and Monday mornings. Officers responded to a report of a robbery at the Holiday Station store in the 13,000 uh, block of Round Lake Boulevard early yesterday morning. I don't like that kind of address. 13,000? 13,000. That's right down from my house. You don't like five-digit addresses, no, I don't, do you? you know. I live in the 13,600th block in Andover. There's nothing more dispiriting <laughs> than being out in what you think is the rural countryside and see the uh, street sign that says 14,568th Street Northeast. <laughs> I want it to be called Butterfly Way or something. Got it. Got it. <laughs> the report says employees uh, in that one yesterday said the sus- a suspect described as being five foot six male with a slim build, wearing a dark shirt and a black and white mask. He was reportedly able to get cash from registers before he left the store on foot. The report said no weapons were seen or threatened in the incident. Then early today, officers responded to a report of a robbery at the Super America located in the fifteen hundred block of Coon Rapids Boulevard. That's Northwest. more like it. The report said video <laughs> surveillance footage showed the suspect matched the description of the robbery from the previous day, as well as the description of the suspect in a robbery reported in Elk River around one or two hours earlier. The report also says another robbery occurred in New Brighton less than an hour later. The suspect description in that robbery also reportedly matched. The report on the Super America robbery said the suspect did not show any weapons, but implied he had a gun. A 14-year-old Stillwater girl injured after she was hit by a semi this morning in Lake Elmo. Authorities said the injuries are not considered life-threatening, even though she ended up pinned beneath the semi. Washington County Sheriff's Department says authorities were called to the scene at Lake Elmo Avenue and 50th Street North about 925 this morning. 
There, deputies found the girl who had been traveling west on 50th Street North on bicycle and hit by a semi, which had been northbound at Lake Elmo Avenue. After the crash, the truck came to a rest in a ditch along Lake Elmo Avenue with the girl underneath. The sheriff's report, uh, office reports the truck was resting on the bike rider's leg. Emergency responders oh. able to free her. She was transported to the hospital. The matter remains under investigation. How could you not die if yeah. you got hit by a semi? But, Must have been going pretty slow. Like putt, 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 mm-hmm. doink. But it was on her leg, resting on her leg. That that scares me. British police said As well it should. Yeah. British police said today they think the latest victims of poisoning by a nerve agent must have handled the materials container and been subjected to a high dose of the lethal poison. Metropolitan Police Assistant Commissioner Neil Basu said the death of 44-year-old Dawn Sturgis yesterday shows that she and her partner, 45-year-old Charlie Raleigh, were exposed to a large quantity of Novichok, a military-grade nerve agent produced in the Soviet Union during the Cold War. Basu said the working theory is that their exposure was linked to the earlier Novichok attack in March on ex-Russian spy Sergei Skripal and his daughter Yulia, who have both survived despite extended hospitalizations. Britain has blamed Russia for the poisonings, but Moscow has strongly denied any involvement. The investigation now is a homicide inquiry. Basu expressed sorrow for the death of Sturgis, who had three children. I don't believe it when Moscow denies anything, because they're liars. <laughs> no, we tell truth. No, you're yeah, a liar. We tell truth. So we had a show. It no, will be okay. you're a liar. We'll be okay. <laughs> British Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson, charismatic and divisive leader for Britain's exit from the European Union, resigned today. His departure adds to a crisis over Brexit that threatens to tear apart Prime Minister Theresa May's government. May's office said in a terse statement the Prime Minister had accepted Johnson's resignation and would name a replacement soon. A couple of bull stories. Ball? Bull. 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 B-U-L-L. A famous one-eyed Spanish matador, who'd previously been gored at least twice, suffered another horrific injury over the weekend when the bull, uh, bull mauled and scalped him in Ooh. front of a stunned crowd. Did he lose the uh, the first eye to a gore? That's correct. Time to hang it that up. That would have told me I'm going to look for a different Yeah, game. I'm a little slow now. I'm a, <laughs> he, you know, he's out there like this. He's tough enough with two eyes. <laughs> yeah, he wears. <laughs> Trying to get that depth perception. There's a uh, there was a picture of him. He wears an eye patch. Yeah, so he looks like a matador pirate. Sure. Oh, art. Forty five year old Juan Jose Padilla was in the bullfighting ring in the Spanish city of Aravalo when the bull came charging toward him. Uh, Padilla, known to fans as the pirate, fell during his escape, leading to the bull trampling and mauling him. You know, you got. I'm sorry. You, you got to root for the bull in these situations. Right. Uh, you show any weakness, like, I only have one eye, no, that bull's I mean, going to catch up. No, you're, think, you got a guy in there trying to throw knives into yeah. the bull. I'm rooting for the bull. You're yeah. rooting for the bull even if he has two eyes. Right. Is what oh, you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Several people rushed to help him. Padilla got up with a piece of his scalp dangling from the right side of his head. That would have been cool to see. Right. He underwent emergency. He was like there, Mr. Tudball with his uh, hairpiece. <laughs> the matador underwent emergency <laughs> surgery. He gets up everything. I think it's going to be okay here. Had the portion of his scalp successfully reattached. He says he does plan, or, uh, plan to return to the arena oh, when he yes. recovers. Why not? Yeah. He's lost an eye and half his head. Let's keep go. going. He's one of Spain's most famous matadors. Uh, here's what, over the years, what's happened to him. 38 injuries yep. prior to the scalping. Almost lost his life in 2001 when a bull pierced him in the throat. Yep. 2011, the eye removed when a bull gored him. Okay, let me let me just add a quick observation. <laughs> yes. This guy's a lousy bullfighter. Yeah. This guy's is one why, of the bad bullfighters of all time. Which is why everybody goes to see him. 
Let's go see what happens gonna, to Jose tonight. It's, it's like the train wreck waiting to happen. He also lost his hearing in his right ear, suffered a broken jaw and skull in the 2011 <laughs> This incident. is a failed so bullfighter. How many senses has he lost? He's got one eye gone. He's what got about his a swimsuit area? Is that intact? Uh, it's fine, although last year... John says it's fine. How do you know? <laughs> well... Looks okay to me. Last year, he was gored in the thigh and chest in a different incident and suffered a puncture. What lung. a lousy bullfighter. He's like a cat. This guy's <laughs> pathetic. He's like the pitcher who's 2-15 and 15 on the season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, different story now. A California man's trip to buy a used car last Wednesday almost cost him his life after he came face-to-face with an aggressive bull. Walter Dean King told Fox News 40 he went to check out the used car on a rural property in Tracy, about 60 miles east of, uh, east of San Francisco, when he was suddenly knocked to the ground by the animal. He said, I remember feeling the horn going through my right side, and the next thing I knew, I was on the ground close to the bush, crawled between the bush and the house, and the bull stood over me and snorted for 20 minutes straight. Holy mackerel. Yeah. 69-year-old King said he didn't remember seeing the animal before he got knocked to the ground, but remembered being gored twice before someone stopped and honked a car horn at the bull. He said, it's the worst thing I've ever had. I've never hurt this bad. I've had broken legs. Never hurt this bad, though. After he was taken to the hospital, he underwent three hours of surgery on both sides of his stomach. He told doctors informed his belly fat saved him from an even worse injury. Might not know the full extent of damage for six months. While a family member told the 69-year-old he had an angel there making sure he didn't bleed to death, King says there was something else keeping him alive. He says it's karma. Back in the 1970s, he said he pulled a lady out of a burning building. So now I think maybe I'm being paid back by not dying. For doing the right thing. All I learned that from time. that story is that the, the bullfighters in Spain should put on weight. <laughs> yeah, get the belly. Yeah, <laughs> become a fat, a become a fat bullfighter. <laughs> is Dave Dahl already? Next. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at 86 degrees, kind of stuck there the last couple of hours. Um, dew point, though, still at 70, so it's very humid outside. The heat index currently at 91. That's what it feels like. We're going to have uh, temperatures stay warm tonight, uh, 67 for the overnight low with partly cloudy skies. Tomorrow, then, it heats up again, up to 87. A little bit less humid, but not much. And then tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies and 70 for the low. Hot and humid on Wednesday. Some thunderstorms develop after dark, and some of those could be strong and possibly produce some locally heavy rainfall. 92 on Wednesday. Cools down to 88 Thursday. Some morning showers give way to partly cloudy skies and still very warm temps. Sunny and hot on Friday and 90. 91 on Saturday. Hot and humid. Some thunderstorms develop by evening or Saturday night. They're going to continue scattered early and again late on Sunday. Sunday's high, 86. And then Monday, it cools off finally down to 80 with lower humidity then. But again, today, Joe, going for a high of around 90. We're currently at 86, and I have the records for the day. July 9. 99 on this date. 99. In 1976. In 1976. 48. 48. In 1895. In 1895. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Kelsey notes, you know that girl that got hit by the semi in Lake Elmo? Yes. Thank God it wasn't an SUV. She'd be dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> bear update. We interrupt this program to bring you a bulletin concerning the bear in Central City. Jellystone Park has turned into a city. Hold it, bear. Hey, look at that bear up there. Somebody's up there. Come on, a bear up there. 
I know. It's not a bear. I know. More proof that man, man, people, man, people, humans are losing touch with nature. I share uh, Rad's observations. Authorities shot and killed a 250 pound black bear after it wandered into the heavy populated recreation area near Lord Fletcher's on Lake Minnetonka Saturday afternoon. Now, just think back to the weather Saturday afternoon. Yes. It could not have been more gorgeous. Perfect. I cannot possibly imagine how crowded Lord Fletcher's was. There's a volleyball court there. I can't imagine how crowded the docks must have been. It might have been the most ideal day of summer so far. Right. And here comes the bear. Strolling in. Around uh, 12.30, several 911 callers reported spotting the bear near Shadywood Road and Sunset Drive, close to Wyzetta's Coffee Bridge. It later entered the volleyball court at Lord Fletcher's, where patrons of the popular uh, eatery were grilling nearby, according to to Orono police. Tranquilizers were not available to subdue the bear. The DNR deemed it a public safety threat, said John Collins, spokesman for the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office, whose Water Patrol Division responded to the scene, along with Orono Police and State Department of Natural Resources. Jill Tokarich of Minnetrista stopped her car to snap a picture of the bear climbing over a guardrail after it dug in the garbage at a nearby fishing pier. I'm just sad they had to shoot it, she said. Mm-hmm. The unusual sighting marked another in a string of recent black bear appearances throughout the Twin Cities area and farther south. In May, I don't know if you guys saw this, you, you should look it up. In May, the DNR launched a new online map that lets Minnesotans report bear sightings outside of the animal's traditional range across the forests of northern and northeastern Minnesota. I didn't see that. By Saturday afternoon, the bear that was shot was already part of that record. Since the map went live in this spring, this spring, many sightings have been pinned around urban centers, including more than 40 in Anoka County. Minnesota is home to an estimated 12,000 to 15,000 bears. Huh. Okay, this was a Star Tribune story I just read. Yes. And like Rad's noted, if you go to the comments section and read the comments, yeah. invariably you find quite a few people from Liberal Lakes, Euphoria, and Diversityville who are lamenting the fact that the coppers had to shoot the bear. Uh, they had to. You, you can't have that around Lord Fletcher's. Well, or people. Can you imagine? This isn't a pet. Can you imagine if if the coppers huddled and said, "You know, we better wait for a tranquilizer." Yeah. In the meantime, the bear eats three people at the volleyball court. Right. Gouges their eyeballs out. Right. Scratches then, them. Then you'd have the same people from Liberal Lakes, Euphoria, and Diversityville demanding to know why the bear hadn't been shot initially. Right. People. I mean, this thing's looking for jelly donuts or anything to get its hands on. People, this was a 250-pound bear. That doesn't play nice. It's 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 not it's not your friendly neighborhood dog. It's not Yogi. Yogi is not coming across going through empty fish garbage cans or whatever it was looking for. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm pro animal. I'm a, I like bears. Okay, animal. I'm, You're an animal guy. That's I'm an animal guy. Animal guy. But I don't even think tranquilizer should be the protocol for a bear 
in a heavily populated area. Just shoot the damn thing. Because once it once it comes to or wherever you no, try no. to place it, it's no, going to... No, no. The thought with the tranquilizer is you subdue it and then you haul it back to Carlos Avery or wherever you think it might have been living. Oh, you haven't accomplished anything. It's a, it's a bear that already knows, man, I had a lot of good stuff done around Lord Fletcher's. I'm heading back there. Right. I'm not eating these berries. I'm going to find Why out the Why the hell am cans? I picking berries when I can go down to Lord Fletcher's on a beautiful Saturday afternoon and have anything I want? Right. Maybe get a boat ride out Left of the deal. Burger. Yeah, Head out to Big Island with all the college kids. So why not, uh, in, in heavily populated uh, urban areas, which Lake Minnetonka virtually could be considered now an urban area, for God's sake, why not just kill them automatically? The response shouldn't automatically be, geez, I hope we have a tranquilizer dart. Take the bear out. We're not short of bears. <laughs> you know what? They're not endangered. I'm even, I'm going to take one step further. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the holiday weekend, I went to the uh, the White Bear, the beach just off of um, uh, the by the Optimist Beach, called well, Ramsey County Beach. Ramsey County Beach. Yeah, I'm it's, very aware of it. It's great, nice beach. Yeah, there's there's geese poop everywhere. Yeah, well, the geese are a problem. Isn't that a health hazard? Uh, well, meaning the water. Or, or? Well, no, on on shore, the lifeguards were cleaning it up and so forth, but. It was really. I can't imagine that they let that let geese around that beach when people are laying on the sand. Well, don't lay on the don't lay on the goose. Pool. Let's get rid of the geese. Well, I'm more concerned about. The see, a geese can't kill me. No, they can get mad at you. No, they, they can't. They can't. They can't but claw the, you to death. But a bear could take you down pretty quick. Yes. So all you morons who were wondering why the bear had to be shot, why don't you think about it for a minute? Right. Because it's a bear. It's sad that it did lose its life. It's not life, a collie. But it's not sad enough that it should have survived. No. You know you know what? The bear has to make a deal with the devil, too. The bear has to say to himself, I'm making another run. Right. I'm, I'm going to risk it. I am going down to Lord Fletcher's. <laughs> but I know. I wonder what I, band is. Playing. I know if somebody calls 911, I'm going to be shot. It's done. It might be my last I'm piece of leftover. Chance. Yeah. You know, whatever. Because I'm taking that chance because the uh, I just love being there. And I'm going back. You left a note. Hey, Mom and Dad, I'm going to run down to Fletcher's again. If I don't come back, you'll know why. <clears throat> Look up that online map. You'll be astonished. I am going to. Uh, at the sightings. Uh, and I've said before, in my role as a, uh, I've seen more urban wildlife than most uh, DNR field reps. Yep. Uh, I have long since held the belief that the bears will easily be even closer to the city than Lord Fletcher's. We've already had a bear at St. Agnes Church in St. Paul a few years ago. Yeah. They're coming closer. The wolves will be here. Uh, they're Where do they come over. from? They come up from the river. Got it. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self-Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Are you going to keep a bear down on the farm once he's seen Lord Fletcher's? Uh, that bear is going to be changed for life. You know what I'm saying. <clears throat> Saturday at 12.30 was, the, was maybe the height of summer. In terms of how crowded... Lord Fletcher's might have been. Sports is coming up. Yeah, we got the whole... No, the band isn't back together yet. Where's Moron number two? Uh, He had some family stuff running around, so he's going to be here probably, hopefully, around 3 o'clock, he said. Huh. Uh, 
Twins swept the Orioles. Yeah, let's come on. Here we go. Royals, do it. Sweep. Get now out the got, brooms. Now you got three against the Royals. Let's go. Four against the Tampas. We got to get back to 500. Yeah. Uh, uh, 1500 ESPN really, really is matters. KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 86. Sports is coming up next.